discuss tonight is something which isn't okay to ever, maybe Pesach, specifically this year. And because it doesn't come so frequently, so it's good to remind ourselves of the halachas which are Nagaya uh, when Erev Pesach is in Shabbos. There are a number of significant differences and there are therefore a number of uh, significant preparations a person has to make in advance. That's the first point, that's the halachic point, uh, angle. There's a second point also I want to talk about, and that is maybe more practical than halachic, but uh, it's good to pay attention to these things beforehand because if one doesn't, so then it makes it definitely more difficult to do things properly later on. Okay, so therefore let's break, break the topic into two. The first one is going to be preparing for Shabbos, and the second one is going to be preparing for Pesach, which is after Shabbos. And as we're going to see, each one has its specific halachic uh, technicalities, which a person has to be aware of this year. So let's start with Shabbos, preparing for Shabbos. Even though the Meister, Shabbos is Erev Yamtif. So on the one hand, we have the regular requirements of Shabbos. On the other hand, we have the regular requirements of Erev Pesach, which means as for the requirement of Shabbos is to have Shlesh Yisodos, to have three meals, and uh, each, each of the three meals, a person is meant to have Lechem Mishneh. So you can make a moiti on two distinct, uh, let's say it's meant to be chalis or loaves of bread, but here even a smaller uh, distinct a moiti item would be enough. Like every Shabbos. On the other hand, it's Erev Pesach. And therefore, with the Raisa, there's an Isser of eating chametz or owning chametz from Chatzos of Erev Pesach. It applies this, this year like every other. Mid Rabbanan, it's also to eat chametz from the fourth hour, like every Erev Pesach. And uh, it's also to have chametz from the fifth hour, like every, like every Erev Pesach. Okay. That presents a significant difficulty because on the one hand, the person, like we said, has to have the has to have chametz because he has no other alternative what he could use for lechem Because matzah is also also to eat in Erev Pesach. And therefore, if a person is mechuyev to the mission, the only option he has is chametz, and the option of chametz only applies until the fourth hour of the day. After that, for the rest of the remainder of the Pesach, he's not allowed to eat chametz because it's already this matter of isha chametz, and he's not allowed to eat matzah because, like, like every area of Pesach, we're not allowed to eat matzah, so that when we eat the matzah at night, it's for certain to it's for certain anticipation to eat matzah. So how do we reconcile both of these things at the same time? Right. Normally, the halacha is in Erev Pesach, we have a din of Tashbis of destroying the Chomets in our possession. Is Friday night included in the Israel keeping Mats on Erev Pesach? Yes. Uh, so, the Sans of Tashbis, I mean, the method to destroy Chomets, and that one's also limited in how a person is able to destroy Chomets on Shabbos. The normal method of burying the Chomets isn't practical. So one has to look for other ways to destroy chametz, which, which one could do on Shabbos as well. Therefore, before we get to the halacha, the practical consideration is that even though when we do B'dikas chametz before Shabbos, Thursday night next week, and we do Shreyfus chametz on Friday morning, the truth is normally the time we burn the chametz is after the time we're not allowed to eat chametz anymore. However, this year, Friday morning is the 13th of Nisan, so we're still allowed to eat chametz for the remainder of the day. The Shulchan Aruch says we still burn the chametz the same time as normal, so we don't get mixed up from both every year. If you have to remember, you have to do it at a certain time in the morning. 
So we burn the chametz, but thereafter we can go home and eat chametz. And therefore, a person has to clarify exactly which chametz he wants to keep and which chametz he wants to burn. It's not like now that he can't eat anything anymore. The person has to separate. There's a chametz that he still needs and wants to use for the remainder of Friday and Shabbos. And there's a chametz which he doesn't, he doesn't think he's going to use over Friday or Shabbos. And therefore that chametz he has to destroy or sell whatever it is, get rid of, for it. Also, normally after we've burnt the chametz, we now don't claim to have any chametz in our possession. We're going to say, call chamira. We're going to make the declaration claiming that we have no longer every chametz which we still might have is bottle. We can't do that this year. On Friday, we don't have a battle of because we still need the chametz we're going to eat on Shabbos. And the last complication is... What's you saying? This, the first kolchamira again? The kolchamira at night, you can say at night, or the chametz we don't know about. The second kolchamira, we wait... No. The second kolchamira, we wait till Shabbos morning. Right. Now, we'll talk about that in a moment. The other, the other question is, obviously, by saying to a guy, normally we have persons to sell with any chametz he doesn't want to destroy and doesn't want him to battle before the time when Chomets becomes also. This year, a person could sell Chomets to the guy the whole of Friday. But obviously, a person can't sell the guy the Chomets that he wants to eat in Shabbos. And therefore, the practical answer is that a person should designate exactly what he wants to leave out for Shabbos. And besides for that, which is clearly designated, this is my, what I need and want to finish in Shabbos, everything else I'm either going to destroy, sell, get rid of, whatever it's going to be, before Shabbos starts. On Shabbos, it's very difficult to try and get rid of whatever chametz remains uh, in a person's house. The second point, practically as well, and that is, even though one has to have lechem mishnah on Shabbos, and normally, the way we do that is we buy a whole loaf of a chala, and uh, we eat as much as we eat, and then we eat lechem mishnah with that. This, yeah, it's not an advisable option, because what are you going to do with a half left of a loaf of bread, which is for sure chametz, number one, and number two, chala, being is the way they bake, bake it, has a has a crust, and when you cut it, it's, it makes a tremendous amount of crumbs. It's very hard to clean up after that. And therefore, the answer is to find something else which a person can use for lechem mishnah, which number one is individual size portions that everyone can finish their portion. We're not left with a leftover chomus which no one wants to eat. And number two, doesn't make crumbs. The best answer is either soft rolls or pita breads, individual size, small ones, whatever it's going to be. And that way, I know how many people I'm intending to eat of each of the three meals. And I expect, I'll give every person a chalaral or a pizza or whatever it's going to be, a mini bagel even, something the size that I expect that person to be able to finish at one sitting. And then Mimela, and firstly I've reduced the leftover chomets which I have to get rid of afterwards. And number two, I don't have the problem of the crumbs. Because if it's something which, uh, there always will be some crumbs. But at least if it's not something which has a, a crust which is going to just crumble when I cut it, then I've got much less of a problem. If the crumbs stay on the table, and you wrap up the table. Okay, so that's, that's the first preparation for Shabbos, is to decide exactly which chomets I want and how much of it I want, and make sure that I have enough that I assume people around the table are going to finish. Right. The minimum share that everybody needs to eat, to be able to the Shabbos is a kibetzah. And therefore, I shouldn't make something too small, because if it's less than a kibetzah, it's not a chatchil. A chatchil, a person is meant to eat a kibetzah each of the series of Shabbos. We did the Mechiris Chamus. This year we did the Mechiris Chamus twice. We did the Mechiris one time before B'dikas Chamus for those people who are overseas or leaving their homes and don't want to do B'dika. So we sell the Chamus and we rent out the house to the guy before the night when they're Mechiris B'dikas Chamus they don't have to do B'dika. And then for everybody who does want to do B'dikas Chamus we do a second sale on Friday 
Normally we do it before the Zman of the burning Chametz Ustia, we can do it afterwards. And then the Chametz, what's Chal now, on everything which a person doesn't want to keep for Shabbos. You basically have to know by 11 o'clock in the morning what you're... It's a bit later than that, it's normally about 12, 1, but let's say this year, that will be a bit later than that. And right before Shabbos. No, it's not right before Shabbos. Everyone has to be ready for Shabbos. That's as far as the first point. And that is what to keep aside for Shabbos. Now the second point, and this is the more difficult thing to deal with practically, and that is we've now decided we have a bag on the side with the bread we want to keep for Shabbos, or the rolls we want to keep for Shabbos, whatever it's going to be. Where are you going to eat it? Where are you going to eat it? Because the shayla is that uh, if you're going to eat it at your table, right, so then the chayra, we have chametz on the table. So then what kind of kalim, what kind of dishes am I going to eat at the table? How am I going to clean it up afterwards? Right? So we have three options. They're all halakhically acceptable options. Everyone can decide for themselves based on their individual circumstances what the best option is. Again, the three halakhic requirements you have to keep in mind. The number one, that a person has to eat in a place where you can make Kiddush. Because it's a dinner of Kiddush from Akum Suda. And therefore, wherever a person is going to make, want to eat the the khayla, the khamets, whatever it is, he also has to make Kiddush in the same place. So that's the first Nukoda. The second one is, one has to find, make sure that it's a place where a person is allowed to clean the floor afterwards. In other words, to eat in an outdoor area, which is a sand floor or a grass floor, and you can't sweep it on Shabbos. This is the rice involved in Shabbos Gomez. A person must, must level the floor when he's sweeping it. And if that's the case, that's not a practical option because if they're going to be crumbs, which are going to fall, you don't have an easy way to deal with them. And the last thing is, this is a chumr. The halach is that crumbs in the chutz, if a person knows that they're there. But the math is tariff. If you are sitting by yourself and there's only there's very little crumbs, you're right. If there's a number of people sitting together, the whole family eating together, so then it's right. And I love it if you sweep it up and come to a kazais, then you don't have a problem with a tariff. We're going to talk about that. And the third point is that if a person wants to eat at a table where he's going to eat food afterwards, so then what's the status of that food going to be? If it's at the same table in proximity to the chametz, is it going to be considered to be uh, chametz as well? So therefore, three options are like this. Number one is if a person has a porch or a second room or a side room, whatever it's going to be, which is tiled, and you can make kiddush there. And you can make a moitzi there and eat the entire amount of challah that he wants, the entire amount of moitzi, the chametz that he wants to eat. Then he's now yivinyotze the sort of Shabbos part, which means he's made kedush lechem mishnah. He's eaten his kabbets of chametz, whatever it's going to be. He's now done with eating chametz for the meal. If that's the case, he can wash his hands, wash his mouth, like we said. We'll discuss how you do that on Shabbos practically in a moment, and make sure there's no crumbs on his clothing or and he can come back into, the, into his house, his regular dining room table, and continue eating the meal Pesach. with Pesach. With Pesach, the kakali, with Pesach, the food, and that's okay. And bench, it's better to go back to where he was to start the bench, but the person, Ashkenazim, at least, you're allowed to carry a bench in the house as well. So if a person has a second location, so to speak, where he can make Kiddush, wash, and eat the, and eat the chametz, obviously that's, that's easiest. It's better if you can see the one from the other one, but it's not a ma'akif. And you'll have to make a shahaf on your fish. Then, right? No, definitely not. As Ashkenazim, is the ones who make a moitzi, we cover even in a different location. Yeah, as long, as, because I had in mind. I had in mind to go somewhere else, and therefore it's moitzi there also. I, I, I know, if you have intention, if Since a moitzi is so embarrassed, it's a person that has to be mamshik somewhere else. I love to wash on Tegmatsa, which is not 
that's a good question for Svaradim. For Ashkenazim, we don't use egg matzah on Pesach. So we're going to have a similar... It's a chumra. Ramosha Feinstein brings such an option. brings such an option. But we don't want to use egg matzah over our Pesach kalim because we're worried about crumbs falling in and we don't want to use it on Pesach. Something which a person doesn't pay attention to. A, a person doesn't pay attention to, he doesn't notice what happens. Like most of the person is a Ramya diet, so he doesn't think about it. And therefore, the bottle of wine I put on the table every week, I wasn't trying to keep it away from Khamut. But, but, if you know for sure that you watch this bottle and nothing, you just poured it into, and you made sure that, and you made sure nothing happened to it, nothing nothing came near it, it was corked shortly afterwards, then you're right, you can use it on basic. You have to wash the ass for the bottle well because it was on a table, because it was on a table where there was Khamut. But the Ikra Din, if you know for sure there was no Khamut, there's no Khamut here. Okay, so that's, a, that's our first look at it. Now, the, the advantage of that is, like I said, that a person doesn't have to prepare chomet sticker kalim. He can eat a meal which is cooked in Pesach kalim, Pesach sticker food. Uh, he's been to all the other parts with and he's All he has to do is make sure he has no crumbs in his, on his hands, on his clothing, or in his mouth before he continues the meal. Obviously, it's the place where the person is allowed to sweep the floor. So that's fine. Sweep up the floor. Make sure that there are no crumbs on the floor. Um, you can't dispose of the crumbs in a regular garbage can because that's still in your rishos. And therefore, the answer is dispose of them in the toilet that's considered mevorim in the according to all the places. You can't get it back again. Okay, that's our first option. You brush your teeth after? We're going to talk about that. Now, sorry? It depends whose rishos it is. Where's it going to? Your neighbor's porch? No. The chats of the building is also not posh. If it's going to rishos, it's probably better. But the chatzah building belongs to, to everybody, so it still belongs to you so to some extent. Even though it's probably not going to be miscabbed into a because it's like the residents going to. And everyone's in the same Why thing. Why is it the Fazalu? Why is it sweeping off the porch of the Fazalu? The Fazalu is out of your Rishas. It's in your Rishas. So if it's going to get out of your Rishas, that's okay. Okay, that's our first option. Our second option is going to be. Yes. Second option is going to be if you don't have a, a second location to eat in. Right, the other option would be to cover the table with an extra layer of like a tablecloth, a plastic tablecloth, or paper towels, or whatever it's going to be, and make sure that a person eats, he leans forward and only eats over a surface which has been covered. And uh, so then a person can make kiddush at the regular table. The table doesn't have anything placed on it right now, but it only has a kiddush cup maybe, the kiddush and the chametz he wants to eat on a disposable tablecloth. Everyone makes sure to lean forward and only eat over the tablecloth, or to have to sweep the floor. And uh, after that, after everyone's eaten all the comments that they want to eat, once again, they have to wash their hands, their mouth, brush off their clothing, roll up the whatever tablecloth that they ate the comments over, and now we have two options what to do with it, and obviously sweep the floor. Once that's been done, then we can set the table with basic things and continue the meal as well. Which means it's the same logic as, or the same lambdas in halakha as the first option, we make sure that we got rid- we've finished with the chametz, we've cleaned any residue of chametz from our person or from the area around us, and then we can continue with Pesach. It's, it's easy if you have two locations, you have to reset everything, but you could do it in one location as well. Except here, we have to, we're going to dispose of the tablecloth, so you have two options. If you have a place where there's an Eruv, so it's very easy. Right? You can take it out of your shoes, um, and you can dispose of it in the public garbage can. Uh, is that a shayla that you be machshel the Yerushalayim city council by giving them chametz? Not really, because they don't want to be kind it. Right? But uh, it's not a shayla Yerushalayim, it's you a machkirat, it's not, not your problem. Um, the other is that you have to go an extra step and, and pour some dishwashing liquid onto the inside and onto all the crumbs. 
to make it an Eroi. I don't really see that it makes such a big difference in Halacha. You can't force someone to be concerned that they want. The other option would be to, if you have a paper tablecloth or something like that, to carefully make sure everything goes on the toilet also, even though it's a little bit more tedious to do. But if you have an Eroi, like I said, you have the easy option of taking out your Eroshus. The problem always in Bezwa didn't have an Eroi, then how do you get rid of it? Okay, so that's our second option. The third option, which is the option brought in the Shulchan Aruch, but it's much less popular today because there's a very obvious problem with it, a very obvious difficulty, and that is that it's not that a person transfers from eating chametz at the beginning of the meal to eating kosher lepesach, kosher lepesach utensils afterwards, right? The person has a whole meal with the chametz tekekele, like normal, and then what do you do with them, right? So then the Shulchan Aruch says that in a case like that, a person is allowed to wash the dishes on Shabbos to make sure that there is no chametz in them. Because uh, even though normally washing dishes on Shabbos for after Shabbos is also a chana, but we have a chiyav right now to get rid of the chametz. And therefore we'd be allowed to make chametz dishes, use a chametz chametz kalim, and after we finish them we'd be able to clean them to make sure that there's no chametz left in them. And the obvious problem with that is, what do you, if there is a chametz residue, where is it going to go? So that's why this isn't such a practical aid. So unless what you want to do is make everything disposable, if you're the kind of person who possibly can't imagine a Shabbos with that... Uh, Yashami Kugel, or whatever it's going to be. Whiskey doesn't probably have to worry about Rakhalim. But uh, if, whatever it's going to be, and you, you would be allowed to eat Chomets on Lel Shabbos or on Shabbos morning before the time, as long as the Kalim that it was in got clean, there's no residue of Chomets. If a person would put everything into disposable uh, containers, this, everything you'd eat on the tables would be disposable. If you could wrap everything up in the position, and then again, everything would be mutter. Obviously, the more Chomets which is around, the more persons to be careful that it doesn't spread. It's confined to the place where the person wants it to be. And this brings me to another point, which none of the points can speak about, specifically in years like this. And that is, normally we want to mechanech our children in doing mitzvahs, and therefore in Shabbos you want to give them part of the lechem mishnah also to eat. But a year like this, little children who are likely not to finish whatever I gave them to eat, and worse, are likely to carry around the house with them, and then they're going to spread chomets everywhere. And the halacha is that if a child takes a Chomets into the house, I have to go, I have to do another bedikah chomets, I have to go check for it again. Right? It's mutter not to give children the chomets to eat if, if I don't think that they're able to eat it in, a, in the place where it's meant to be eaten without, uh, without the chomets being taken everywhere else. So give them matzah. If they're small enough not to understand matzah, then I must I can give them matzah. If they're old enough to understand the matzah, but they're looking forward to eating matzah, I shouldn't give them matzah. Can you give them a rice cake? I can give them a rice cake. But uh, you have to make sure your rice cake. But yeah, I was about to say you have to make sure that your rice cake is only rice. So it's only rice and it's kidneys, then I don't have to worry about kidneys. But uh, if if they sometimes add chametz into it, then obviously we will of any chametz. Okay, so that was negated to where to eat and what to eat. And the last negative to talk about for Shabbos is when to eat. Beside him, a person that is not making kidneys. But it's still before the hour. It's not coming. It's not going to spread coming. It's around. Oh, but the kelim is a problem. Right. Okay. Okay, we don't have. We don't have. You're right. And a but if you put it on the kelim, it'll come to the Okay. So now the last one to talk about is when. So here we have the chatchila, which was brought down in the gra and the mishabura and all other poskim since then, and then we will come to the b'diavet. The chatchila person is meant to eat three meals on Shabbos and then wash and have lechem mishra each one. Right? It's possible, but it's just a little bit difficult because it means the person has to have two meals Shabbos day and finish eating chomus in the second meal by the fourth hour of the day. 
which is the end time for eating chametz. So it comes out in Shalayim. If you're going to go with the first year of um, the Magen Avram, it'll come out at 11 minutes past 10. If you're going with the second year of the Gra, it comes at 10.40. Which means the person has to have making Kiddush, washed, eaten the first soda, benched, made enough of a hefsek that the person's allowed to wash again, Wash a second time and eaten hamotzi for the second and finished hamotzi of the second of the third soda, the second soda of the day by the last time of eating chametz. You don't have to finish the meal by then. You just have to finish the chametz. So if the person's finished the chametz by that time and he's washed his hands, his face, like we said, his mouth, his clothing, he's disposed of the chametz. He can now continue the meal and sing the miracles for the rest of the day. And as long as he doesn't have any more connections with the chametz, that's okay. And therefore, it's brought down already in the halacha. This is. It be a little bit difficult, especially after people have been busy preparing for Pesach. The person has to get up early. The person has to get up early so that he can finish davening with enough time to be able to wash, like I said, twice, and finish eating the chametz of the, of the last of the three sodas before the shir, before the time of the isra, the end, the end point of eating chametz. So it's a good age to have the first meal, just a kazayis of challah and bench. Oh, ah, good, 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 good. So you're saying good. So that's a so meikra idea. That's the case. A person could wash, could make kiddush, wash, have a kibetzer. Like I said, it's more than a kibetzer. Have a kibetzer, bench. Now he has a few minutes to make a hefsek. How many minutes? Uh, well, either means he has to take a walk outside, so he's out of the makom where he was, or have a short sleep, not too long, in a few minutes, or. Uh, they say normally 10-15 minutes is enough of a hefshek. So, oh, and then you can wash again. There is a day that holds that uh, the main meal of Shabbos should be the Shabbos day meal. Which means the second meal, not the third one. Now it's not ma'akev that shit. But if you ma'akev, if a person wants to hold that shit, that means you can't just wash for the second meal on bench and make a third sort of the ekasudah. If you're going to go with that opinion, you'd have to make the second sort of the ekasudah. So the person has to eat more quickly to make sure that you can finish the, the main meal and still have time to to bench, have a half sick, like we said, and wash again before the final time. It's better not to eat a chilagasa. So, yeah, so whatever. You can eat something small for the third meal. That's what's. And then. That's a good question, but over here, I want to make the hefsek. You're right, I normally wouldn't eat in such close proximity two meals to each other. But yeah, that is an option. So as long as it's not back-to-back, that the skill is completely unnecessary, I'm allowed to make a hefsek. I wanted to have one course, I wanted to stop, I wanted to have a short sleep, and I wanted to wake up and eat again. And, I didn't... And also, what, what about the second the shower should have seen this before? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Of eating three meals of Shabbos. Normally, what we do it is one meal at night and two meals in the day. That's just the way it works out. Would there be a problem of doing it the other way around? Of having two meals at night, right? We could uh, have a normal sort of Shabbos at six o'clock. We could learn for three, four hours, come back at eleven o'clock at night, twelve o'clock, have another soda, and have only one meal in the day. Does it work or not? It's not a clear answer in the question. And I'll tell you why. The reason is because of what Rabbi Zim brought up here, and that's also a good question. And that is the Ikra din, so the should be eaten after Mincha. And therefore, even someone who's going to do this and eat three meals and wash three times and finish by 10 o'clock in the morning, he should still eat other things after Mincha to be at the Shadr Shadr. Right? You can't eat bread. You can't eat matzah. So he's, he's very limited in his choice of options. So he has two options what to eat. The one is what the Ramah says. He's allowed to eat meat or fish 
or chicken or vegetables and fruit and things like that. And that's okay. In the Chathira, we want to wash for all three meals, but Lemaisi, even Hilchus Shabbos, is brought that if a person eats other foods as Shalashulis, he can be healthy with that. It's better, the Mishaburah brings, it's better to have Mazonis. But it's a little bit difficult to think what Mazonis you're going to have. Because there's not much options of Mazonis in Pesach. Because uh, matzah you can't eat, anyway, that's a moiti. Right? And uh, so one has to find things which are like Knedlech, which is the Mishaburah later. If a person wants to have knedlech, which I should us, that would be a mazonis, which would be okay. If a person is allowed to eat knedlech on every Pesach, and uh, just if a person is having mazonis, he has to have shalashudas before the tenth hour. The famous mission Pesachim, Avi Pesachim, before Mincha, every Pesach, towards the afternoon, from the ninth, from the beginning of the ninth, tenth hour, or the ninth hour, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to eat something which will satisfy you, and therefore mazonis is considered satisfying. So if a person wants to have knedlech or something else mazonis. For Shadrach Shodos, you'd have to have it earlier, before the 10th hour. If a person wants to have meat, fish, whatever it's going to be, you can have it any time you want, as long as he doesn't get to the stage that he's satisfied himself so much that he won't be hungry for Matzi Shabbos. Now, if that's the case, so, right, so that's the case, if that's the case, uh, since anyway a person's being yoyed to the shit of Shadrach Shodos, of eating after Chatzos, so just to be yoyed to washing three times, why can you wash twice at night? And our person would say, you could. It's not a clear thing in the voice, and it would be an option. What's brought down, what's brought down in the is to wash twice in the morning, but that there would be another ice too, yeah. And once you've ground it in tomato meal and boiled it in soup, it's not going to be a tomato anymore. No, but he asked about Cake is a problem. Cake is a problem. Cake is a big mechlek on Pesach. It boiled is good, because then it's not, that's lost its shame bread. Mashiach and someone which has baked his bread and then rebaked his cake, it might still be a moiti. Right? Uh, this is always the big hashash in Pesach, that, uh, that matzah meal cakes is a suffix brachas. Which is not, it's not a new suffix. The Shulchan already has a suffix. How do you take something out of being a when it was a moiti? So Shulchan Aruch says you have to grind it and boil it. Because now that's a new form of cooking, so now it's lost the chain of a moiti. It's less than a kazais, each piece, and it's been boiled. Mashiach and if it's been rebaked, so maybe it's not enough of a significant difference to what it was before. Uh, that's okay, it's fried. It's like boiled. But it has to be mazayist. Right. Shetzel is a shakal. Just a little bit is, is, is not uh, uh, just a little bit. To wash twice in the morning and also eat something else after chatos. Wow. Wow. Which now, the mice is anywhere that's advisable because when it comes to the Seder, people only eat late. And, and therefore, if a person wants to have kayak and energy to run the Seder as one's meant to do, so it's because I anyway to eat something proper on the afternoon of Erev Pesach, which is one of the things a person is allowed to eat, so he's able to have the energy or has, have the kayak to the conduct the side properly. Two, three more practical points which I get to Shabbos. Number one, how do you clean, how do you clean your teeth? So if you're using water or mouthwash or all these things, for sure you're allowed to do in Shabbos. Brushing your teeth in Shabbos, um, you can't use a wet brush. You can use a dry toothbrush. You can't use toothpaste because that's the rise of spreading of the marech. And therefore, a person can either rinse out his mouth or use a dry toothbrush to brush his teeth with, uh, without toothpaste. Uh, using dental floss or things like that. So yeah, number one... You can just make sure there's nothing on it. Uh, number one. Number two, uh, when it comes to dental floss... I'm sorry, so, normally you don't rinse off the toothbrush after you finish... You can rinse off the toothbrush. Just to make sure with your fingers, like if any of your mamashas, which is still there. I mean, like just like yeah. 
Right. We'll throw it out, whatever you want. Right. Number one. Number two, when it comes to dental floss or dental tape, so the number one is the Isid the Raisa to cut it. Right. There could be a Shadow Bachatach, which according to the Rajasha, this is the Raisa. So it's also, or it might be Kura even. So you can't cut dental floss or dental tape. But if a person wants to have pre cut pieces of dental floss or dental tape to clean his teeth with Anchabas, it really depends on the person, the state of a person's oral hygiene. Which means if a person can floss his teeth and nothing happens, that's okay. There's no issue to floss them Anchabas. If a person doesn't floss his teeth regularly, and therefore it's likely that flossing his teeth is going to cause him to bleed, then it's also to the Anchabas. Right. If a person has dentures, if a person has dentures, so it's much more difficult to clean in between braces or in between plates, which is all these things. So number one, we say that a person shouldn't eat hot chomets within 24 hours of Pesach. And therefore, at, uh, so you don't have the, the active, so to speak, taste of the chomets still in the metal of the denture, number one. Number two, again, there isn't much a person can do to clean it, but as much as he's able to, with a toothpick, whatever it's going to be, he should try his best to make sure that there's no chomets residue in the denture, or inside his mouth enough times that he can feel that anything which could have gotten stuck, he's, he's gotten rid of. Well, after a person's cleans his teeth or his hands, whatever it is, make sure there's no chomets in his clothing, at the end of the, th- the, th- the third time he ate chomets, so now we say, the kol chamira, that we never said in Arab Pesach, now he doesn't want to have any more chomets, he wants to battle everything in his rishos, and he's allowed to say that on Shabbos. Just as an aside, it's important to note, kol chamira is not a tefillah. It's a declaration of intent. Right? The reason it was written in Aramaic is because people didn't understand the Hebrew. And if that's the case, for people to read the Aramaic doesn't really help today unless you know what you're reading. Right? And what I'm saying is I want to move out all my chomets. And if, therefore, if you're talking to people who don't understand what they're saying in Aramaic or you want everybody to understand what's being said, it should be translated into any language. Everyone understands that they know. What we're doing now is we're saying any chomets we forgot about, we don't know about, it's bottle, it's happy. I don't want to own it anymore. Do yes. You don't have to be mafki things on Shabbos. I'm just giving a gift. You can't I'm not making gifts. I'm being a mafki gift. That I can do. Right. The other point that's important to also point out, there as we said, there has to be done before the Zman Yisura, which means before the fifth hour on Shabbos, I think it comes at 11.20 or something like that. Okay. Now, next point. Uh, when you say that a person has to clean the floor from crumbs, so then just remember that if a person sweeps the floor, he has to make sure afterwards there's no crumbs left in the broom which is a bit difficult, and therefore it's easier to find something to sweep the floor with, which is easier to make sure that no crumbs get stuck in the sponge stick or something like that, which is easier to make sure there's no remaining crumbs. That's uh, the second point for Shabbos. And... I'm still surprised about the crumbs. Now let's talk a little bit with the to Pesach. And this is more... Uh, one more point on Shabbos. People have the minak of saying the avoid is carbon Pesach, every Arab Pesach. So I say Shabbos afternoon. But the Kohen Pesach was Deich Shabbos, and therefore the time to say the Avodah Kohen Pesach is Shabbos afternoon. That's when one was being brought. Okay. Now let's talk quickly about what a person has to do to prepare for Pesach. So, again, I'm talking about the practical point and the halachic point, because the only halacha a person has to know is you can't do anything for Pesach until Shabbos is finished, because you have a problem of hachana. So once Shabbos is finished, a person can start preparing for Pesach. But there's some preparations you can't do on Yom Tov or on Shabbos, and therefore these are things a person has to bear in mind to do before Shabbos because that's the only option you have. Number one, set the time clocks for the lights or the heating or whatever person or the food for the Seder also. Right? If a person just thinks of Shabbos and he wants the lights to go off after the meal, you have to bear in mind the Seder lasts much longer, so make sure you set the lights in advance for however long you think the Seder is going to last. So I think people eat much later. From time you get to Shulchan Aruch is much later than a person normally eats Shabbos. 
So if a person has a hot plate or an oven, whatever it is, you have to make sure to set things in advance for Yom Tov also, you can't change that. Number two, a person has to make sure to light the Yom Tov candles, there's something to light the Yom Tov, can- Yom Tov candles from. You can't start a new fire in Yom Tov, and therefore you have to person to remember before Shabbos to light the Yom Tov candles so that he has something to light the Yom Tov candles with. People are keeping two days Yom Tov. So you can't light a second candle, Yom Tov candle, on first Yom Tov to keep the fire going for the second day. That's a chonah for no reason. And therefore, if you want to keep a candle for both days of Yom Tov, you're going to have to light a 72-hour candle, something like that, which will burn long enough that the same flame will keep you going for both days. Okay, that's the first point. Second point, also a practical point, and that is if there are things for the Seder you haven't unpacked yet. Right? Think about look for, think about the things you need for the Seder before Shabbos, because you haven't seen the Seder plate or your Haggadah or whatever else is going to be for a year, and uh, now you think in Yom Tov, where are these things? They might be mukta, they might be inaccessible in Yom Tov, and then you can't do anything about it. And therefore, whatever person thinks he's going to need for the Seder, he should make sure he's already prepared an Arab Shabbos so he knows where it is and he can get to it in Yom Yeah. They come to all the other things that a person wants to prepare for the Seder plate. A lot of the things you can't do in Yom Tov, or if you're going to do Yom Tov, you're going to do them with the Shinri. And therefore, when it comes to making the salt water, it's better to make it uh, before Shabbos. When it comes to grinding things for the Charosis, it's better to grind them before Shabbos. When it comes to washing the lettuce or the endives or whatever else you're going to use for tomorrow. Same thing. There's a shine about uh, checking them or washing them, how well you can wash them at night and how well you can check them. Or whatever it is, it's better to do it before Shabbos. The only important point to remember is to make sure that they're dry. Because if something's left in water, after 24 hours it becomes covered, it becomes halakhically pickled. And you're not yet say morrow with lettuce or with any other morrow which is pickled. And on that same note, I'm going to point what out... Why is wet morrow not good? If it stays in the water for 24 hours, oh. so then it gets, it's halakhically called pickled now. Tiny bit of water is not a problem. If you leave them to soak in water, in, in, a, bowl of water. in a bowl of water, right, so then it's going to get pickled. It also loses its taste. Yeah, another point on that, on the same point, when it comes to horseradish. So if you want to grind it before Yom Tov, before Shabbos, that's fine. Um, obviously you're going to have to make sure to store it in a, a airtight or put it in the freezer so it won't lose its flavor. If you, right, if you want to grind it on Yom Tov, you can grind the onion for the shini. Then the grind brings down the grind it on the table instead of grinding it into a bowl. Um, just enough. It's, uh, it's uh, because it's mafik tamay, so it's not one shini. It's grind on the table. But if a person wants to grind it before Shabbos, the important point to remember is, even though commercially they always preserve the flavor of horseradish by putting it in vinegar, right? Like any horseradish you're going to buy, halakhically that doesn't work for tomorrow because the same reason. If you put something in vinegar, it gets pickled. And you have to use fresh marrow to be yotze with. You can't, you're not yotze with kovash, you're not yotze with pickled marrow. And therefore... You're not yotze the mitzvah with it. The halacha is... It's just set by itself. It's set by itself, is fine. I said you put vinegar in, because that's what they use to preserve the flavor. It does work. A little bit, but it's still yotze, because it's tomorrow. Okay, that's as far as... And the last important point, and that is the Israel. The Zraya the, and the Beitzah, which are the two symbols we put on the carbon on the Seder Pesach, the two carbonates we used to have, the carbon Pesach and the carbon Chagiga, says the person is allowed to prepare them on Yantif. So says the Mishnah Bura, the person is allowed to prepare them on Yantif if he's going to eat them on Yantif. You can't cook for nothing. So even though the, the Beitzah is eaten often at the meal as part of the, what's meant to be as a Zeicha for the Chagiga, and therefore a person can boil or cook the egg on Yantif if he's going to eat it on Yantif, the same thing applies to the Zraya. A person can only cook the Zraya on Yantif if he's going to eat on Yantif. But we don't eat roasted meat at the Seder table. And that might mix up with the Korban Pesach. And therefore, says the Mishnah Baruch, the halacha is if you're going to cook the Zraya 
or roasted on Yantuf, you're going to have to eat it Yantuf day. And if you have keeping two starim, you can't keep the same zroya for the second nap, and there was no reason to cook for on the first day. If that's the case, the person would have to cook a separate zroya for each yomtuf, for each day of yomtuf, and eat it the same day. If you cook it before yomtuf, and there's no problem, then you can you don't have to eat it at all. You can just put it as, as a symbol in the and instead of plate, and you have to eat it afterwards. Sorry. There's another reason brought down for the Beit Zal, and that is that it reminds us of the Chorban. It's the same that as Tidjimah. Right. right. The last point is Havdalah. Now, Havdalah is, is very controversial because we have two questions in Havdalah. Number one is, how do you get the candle for Havdalah? Right? Because there's a rule in Hilchus Yamtuf. A person is allowed to light a candle from an existing fire as long as it's not a Nerbatala, as long as it's not doing nothing. You can't stumble out candles for no reason. You have to be doing something with them. And this is a big argument. Is a, hala- a candle I'm only lighting to make a bracha on considered a candle which is doing something constructive? Or is that a nerbatonic because I don't need the light? Um, and that's why there were a number of poiskim who held that I shouldn't stumble and have lighter candles for no reason. I can't do that in Yantuf. They held that I can only I, you know, have to light a Havdala candle when I'm using it for something I need. And at the same time, I'll use it for Havdala also. And therefore, the best answer is a lady has to light Yantuf candles on Yantuf. She should wait to light the yont of candles until they're ready to start the Seder. And then just before Kiddush, she should take a candle to light the yont of candles with, right? Which, because that she's allowed to do. And the yont of candle adds a certain chashivas, uh, a certain ambience to the meal, so that, she, that definitely is adding something. So she can take a candle to light the yont of candles, and now the candle's still burning. And then that's the case. I have in there to make the bracha of Barimere Yosha. You just need a single there? No, once I have a candle that's burning, I can connect it to the other fire and I have to... But I'm not not lighting anything new. That's okay. I'm not lighting anything new. By saying it to light a candle just for the purpose of Havdalah is problematic. This is Havdalah during the Kiddush at the Seder. Yes, that's right. So everybody who makes Kiddush makes Havdalah. Right. Everybody. Right. So everybody, you do your hands also. Yeah, right, that's what you do. So why don't we just take the two candles? Depends what you're lighting. If you're lighting oil, it's very difficult to do that. If you're lighting candles, you could. Okay. Um, Are you worried about the wax uh, going on each other? No, as long as it's both lit, we're not lighting something new. My son uses uh, oil. It's That's more difficult. Else. That's what I said. You need to find the candle which you have lit with. The other problem we avoid by that is there's a big shayla that when, what does the lady do with Shekhyana? Because Normally, a lady says Shekhyana, which lasts night Yom Tov Kandos, that's when she brings in Yom Tov. And when men say Shekhyana, is in Kiddush. Because that's when we bring, that's when we Makadish the day, we say, we say Shekhyana. So a lady who has really said Shekhyana in the Nairis, what does she do about the Shekhyana in Kiddush? Now, normally it's not such a problem. Because she's not, she's not, she just has to drink a mash of Lagoff, and like I said, she can, she heard you say Kiddush. And she's saying, and no, she's, she'll, she'll, she won't say Amen to the Shekhyana, and then she'll drink some of the grape juice, which you give her for, it's just a time of Christ's bracha. When it comes to Abrakosis and everyone's mechuv in the whole thing, so unless you want to remind the ladies, don't say Shekhyanu in the Kiddush, like everyone else is saying, because you've already said Shekhyanu, right? or they shouldn't say Shekhyanu by the Nairus and say Shekhyanu now, but you can't say it twice. Right? And therefore, if the lady would light the candles just before, the, just before Kiddush, and then straight away say Kiddush, she'll say Kiddush afterwards, then that's good, because then the Shekhyanu can go on both. So on the Kiddush and on the Nairus, and then we've solved both of those problems. That's the it sounds like that requires some delicate orchestrating that a lot of our wives are not accustomed to. So we have to remind them. It's not, it's not a common occurrence that you have to say that at the Moti Shabbos. So we have to remind them exactly how to juggle. But, 
Right, then again, we don't have a problem. Let them, let them say the, uh, the Shekhiyano and after the Nairus, and we sing Kiddush, not them. But here, when everyone sings Kiddush, because everyone has to be at the Arabic Oasis, and then you have to tell them not to say They can't repeat the Shekhiyano for nothing. Okay, that's... That's why it's different this Yom Tov than any other Yom Tov. And then the last point... Women make a lot of this And this year, if a lady wants to start preparing for the Seder, which everyone wants to do as soon as Shabbos is finished, and the normal Nusach is, it's the Baruch HaMavdil, that in order to allow it to work for Yontif, remember the Nusach is Baruch HaMavdil ben Kodesh Lekodesh, not ben Kodesh Lechol, because we're going in from Shabbos to Yontif, they're both Kodesh. A person is allowed to sleep Shabbos afternoon, this is the first Nalacha, even if it's clear he, the intention is for Motsi Shabbos, he's of Koyach to stay for the Seder, as long as he doesn't say, that's the reason I'm sleeping. Right? It's not a problem for Achon, there is an enjoyment in sleeping at Shabbos also, and therefore the only problem would be Achon Abedibur, which means the person says, this is what I'm doing. As long as he doesn't spare, verbalize that, there would be no problem. What do you do with your kids? You have to go to sleep. Why? Because it's enjoyment. Because, well, because we got up early for Shachris and it had two emails for 10 o'clock every time. Oh, because it's the same. The halachas, the only last point to remember is, the only last point to remember is that uh, when it comes to the bracha of the end of Magid, so normally the nusach of the bracha is the seven echosham, min azvach, min absachim, because normally eat the Chagiga and then the Kraft and Pesach. And this year, Moshe Shabbos is the other way around. Because since we can't bring the Chagiga and Pesach, so he said the Nesach of the Bracha is, and it's important to the Chagodas, which is to pay attention, the Nechel Shabbos in Apsachim and Minazvachim. Okay, that's where that comes first. Because we can't, we're only in the Kraft and Pesach now.